0: Believers and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. I'm Dr. Shantae, and I am telling you, you are in for a doozy today. I am in full-on teach mode, and this podcast might go a little long. If it goes long, then I'm just going to have to break this up into a two-part series. But I am ready to teach because this is a meaty podcast. And I do try to respect the fact that most of you listen to my podcast when you are on your commute or on the treadmill and things like that. And you just don't have all day to be listening to long podcasts. And I really try to stay within a certain time frame, but I don't want to give this podcast short shrift. This needs to be heard full out. There's a lot to it. And if it goes long, don't worry, I will break it up into two pieces and it will be our finale for next week. However, if you don't have one already, grab yourself a pen because as I said, I'm ready to teach and I don't want you to miss these references. I don't want you to miss these points because this is going to bless your life right now. So the focus of today's podcast is how to get what you really want out of life. And I know that many books have been written on this topic and many television shows have addressed this issue. And I'm going to take a different perspective. I went deep on this one and this is why I wanted you guys to take notes because you're going to have to sit with this for a minute and really soak it up and absorb it. But trust me, it's going to be worth your while. How to get what you really want out of life. Our guiding thoughts for today, I have so many guiding thoughts. That's why you need the notebook. But the first thing that you need to do is to clarify the goal. In order to get what you really want out of life, the first thing that you need to do is to clarify the goal. We're going to start with this quote from Danielle Laporte, which says, You're not chasing the goal itself. You're chasing the feelings that you hope attaining those goals will give you. I'll repeat that. You are not chasing the goal itself. You are chasing the feelings that you hope attaining those goals will give you. This is really important because when you think about what you want out of life, nine times out of 10, It's not that you necessarily want that specific thing, but beyond that, what you really want is what you think that specific thing will give you. And so it's not that you necessarily want to go through all of the rigmarole and the toil of losing weight and exercising and being committed to a certain eating regimen. What you want is the confidence that comes from being able to walk into your closet, knowing that everything fits, and being able to walk out there without feeling self-conscious. That's what you want beyond the goal. So, even if you hit your goal, ultimately, what you want is how you think that goal is going to make you feel. For example, do you want financial security or do you want the peace that you believe comes from being financially secure? What is it that you want from financial security? Do you want freedom? Do you want peace of mind? Do you want options so that you don't feel stuck and trapped in a job that you don't love and that you feel is crushing your soul? You need to clarify what is it that you really want from that goal? Or for example, do you want a thriving business or a thriving brand or do you want the external validation that comes from being successful? So think about it. If you have a thriving business or a thriving brand, and let's just talk about the brand for a minute because a brand is separate from the business. The business is the money and revenue generating aspect of your platform. But when we're speaking specifically about the brand, the reputation, your reach and your influence, what is it that you want from that? It's like, yay, I have a successful brand. What does that mean? How do you want that to make you feel? And if ultimately what you're looking for is external validation, is a brand the best way to go about getting that? Or is it coming from something else? Do you need external validation? Remember in our last episode, I talked about metacognition, thinking about your thinking, thinking about your process and thinking about how you absorb and set goals for yourself. So in this instance, if you want a thriving brand, you need to clarify what is it that you really want from that? Another example that has nothing to do with business is a lot of people think that they want to be in a relationship. So, a lot of people who are not in relationships or single or whatever think they want to be in a relationship. And so, let's put a pin there. Do you want a relationship or do you want the happiness that you think a relationship is going to bring you? Do you want the comfort of companionship? Do you want the familiarity and the feelings that come along with being in a relationship? A lot of times, what we do is we set these goals for ourselves. And we think that that goal is the end all be all. But what we really have not thought all the way through is what exactly is it that we think this thing is going to do for us? What exactly is it that we want this goal to manifest in terms of our feelings? If Oprah calls, or if you get a call to the red carpet, or if your dream job calls and says, we want you, What exactly is that going to do for you? What is the feeling, the emotion, the non-tangible outcome that you're really seeking? And the reason why it is so critical to understand exactly what it is that you are trying to get from this is because if you don't, if you are not clear on exactly what it is that you want this goal to do for you, if you are not clear on exactly what it is that you want to feel As a result of getting this thing, if you are not crystal clear on what you want, the non tangible things to manifest in your life as a result of getting this goal, then this is what's going to happen. If you're not clear, this is how people get exactly what they want, get exactly what they pray for, exactly what they've been waiting for and still wind up unhappy. Think about that. If you are listening to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There was something you wanted, something you wished for, something you prayed for, something you saved up for, something that you waited to go on sale. It was something that you wanted so badly because you believed that getting this thing, getting this opportunity, getting to work with these people or getting this blessing was going to be the game changer. It was going to turn everything around for you. And then guess what? You got it. And you still were not happy. You still were not satisfied. It didn't do for you what you thought it was going to do for you. And that's because nine times out of 10, we haven't thought all the way past the goal. And I'm not saying that, you know, goal setting or goal chasing or anything like that is is wrong. Not at all. But what I am saying is think it through. What's the real goal? What is the real goal? What do you really, really want? Like that Spice Girl song, what do you really, really want, okay? And if you are outsourcing your emotions and making them contingent on external validators, you're going to have a problem. I'm gonna repeat that. If you are outsourcing your emotions and making them contingent on external validators, there is a problem because you Ultimately, choose how you feel. You can't choose what happens to you, but you always have control about how you feel about it. So ask yourself are you putting the right prerequisites in front of your feelings? Because these goals, in and of themselves, are only as powerful, as palpable, as useful, or as meaningful as you determine. You determine what financial security means. You determine what having a successful business means. You determine what losing 30 pounds means. You determine what getting a brand new hairstyle or a makeover or a new car, you determine what that means. You are the person that ascribes the meaning, which means you have ascribed a feeling, you have ascribed some sort of emotion that you think acquiring this goal or obtaining this item is going to bring you. And you need to be very clear on what that is. Number one, why that thing is the external validator that's necessary to bring it to you. And three, is that the right one? Case in point, the children of Israel. So this is your first scripture reference of this podcast. The children of Israel, if you take the time and read First Samuel chapter eight, God had made provision for them basically since they had been delivered from Pharaoh. So all the way back to Moses and let my people go. They had escaped. God had saved them. He had given them food and he had given them light and heat and all of their basic necessities. And ultimately they were fine. They were thriving. And yet because they were dissatisfied, because they started feeling some kind of way, because they were looking at what they didn't have instead of being grateful for what they did have, ultimately, they started looking for love in all the wrong places. They started worshiping idols and they started putting their trust in other things. And then this was the real slap in the face. First Samuel chapter eight, they turned to Samuel who was the prophet at the time and said, hey, Samuel, we want a king like all the other nations to rule over us. Up until that point, God had provided every single thing that they needed. But what they said was, God is not enough. We want a king like all the other nations. Because when they started looking for love in all the wrong places and worshiping idols and things like that, you know what happened. The same thing that happens every time we turn our back on God. God pulled his hand back and allowed their enemies to start coming in and attacking them. And so because they were under threat of constant attack, they felt like, well, I know what the answer is. Let's get a king to rule over us and to, to lead our military and protect us instead of trusting God. And guess what? After they got the king, they still wound up in captivity. Saul was not the answer to their problems. So I say all of that to say, clarify the goal. The first key to getting what you really want out of life is one to understand what do you really want out of life? What is the goal? What are you looking for? What do you think that goal is going to bring you? What do you think it's going to manifest? The children of Israel thought a king was going to do it when the answer truly was God. And so ask yourself if the thing that you are really trying to achieve, peace of mind, being able to have confidence and higher self esteem and validation that you are enough and that what you have is already sufficient to do everything that you need to do. If that's what you're looking for, stop for a moment and ask yourself, can God provide that right now without me having to jump through these hoops or run around all over the woods and try to do all of these things and turn cartwheels and all this other type of stuff? Put a pin there, make that decision for yourself. Number two, shift your priorities. This is so major. So our guiding thought for seek your priorities is an oldie but a goodie. And actually, we're going to look into an expanded version of this. And this comes from Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 34. And it says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So you know me. I'm all about the hyperbole. Anytime I see words like every or all or nothing, I zero in on it because I'm like, man, that is a heck of a statement. I don't let my students do this. I'm like, you can't make statements that you can't prove. You can't put all or every because that's not verifiable. But I stand on the word of God and I I subscribe to it. So every time I see hyperbole, I'm like, okay, that's a major statement. Here, when we see the words all, he says, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He knows that you need something to eat. He knows that you need something to wear. He knows that your bills need to get paid. He knows that you need to keep a roof over your head. It says he knows all of that. And it goes on to say, so the second all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, there's that word again, these things shall be added to you. So I know how this is. One of the biggest things that kind of gets in our way is worry. And the reason why we work so many hours and the reason why we are busting our hump trying to build these businesses and build these brands and build our platform and expand our influence and expand our reach is because we're trying to put food on the table. We're trying to keep a roof over our heads. We're trying to keep clothes on our backs. We're trying to stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And the Bible says, Your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows that you have need of all of these things says therefore stop worrying about it he knows that instead seek him first and his righteousness and all of those things will be added to you it says don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own drama you got today to worry about tomorrow's not promised to you so why are you worried about it it says sufficient is the day with its own trouble Another point about shifting your priorities. I've used this example before, but I want to talk about God's response to it. So you guys know that David and Bathsheba, they had a lustful, adulterous relationship. And long story short, Bathsheba got pregnant. And what happened to that baby? That baby died. But with a capital B, God is a restorer, is he not? God is a giver of second chances. And so they had another baby. And who was that baby? Solomon. Solomon was anointed, appointed king by his father, David, when he was 12. So David was about to die. So he anointed Solomon king. And shortly after he was anointed king, I want to put special emphasis on his age. Solomon is a child. He's 12. He's a preteen. Or a tween, as we like to call them right now. So I want you to think about the mindset of a 12 year old child. Usually, children are irrational. Usually, children are immature. Usually, children are unrealistic. And yet, at the age of 12, God comes to Solomon in a dream and he says, Ask, what shall I give you? God opened up the checkbook. It was blank. And he says, Solomon, what do you want? Ultimately, Solomon asked him for wisdom. He says, I am a child and I don't know how to judge these people. He says, so give me an understanding heart to judge your people, to know what is right and what is wrong. At 12 years old, blank check, God says, What do you want? And he says, I'm a child. I don't know how to do this. Give me an understanding to be able to judge your people because this is a huge responsibility and I don't want to mess it up. So, could you please give me wisdom so that I can know what is right and what is wrong? But here's what I want to emphasize when I talk about shifting your priorities, here is where I want to place the focus. And this is in 1 Kings chapter 3, by the way. So 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 through 15 for your notebook. God says, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been any one like you or before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any more like you among the kings all your days. What is it that we tend to ask God for? Lord, will you blow up my business? Lord, will you get me on the red carpet? Lord, will you put some money in my pocket? Basically, you know, we open up our wish list and we say, okay, Lord, genie in the bottle. Can I have, can I have, can I get, can I get, can I have, can I have, can I have, can I get, can I get, can I have? And think about the nature of those requests because God went down the line. He said, because you didn't ask for long life for yourself, he said for yourself, in other words, because you didn't ask for a selfish request, He said, because you didn't ask for riches for yourself. Another selfish request. He said, nor have you asked the life of your enemies. You didn't say, can you kill my enemies so that I don't have to worry about it and I can be protected? What God honored was the fact that what Solomon asked for was not about him. Put a pin there, soak that in for a second. Think about the last several things that you've prayed about or something that you have desperately wanted or desperately desired, and ask yourself, did it have anything to do with anybody other than me and what I want and how I want to be represented and how I want to be validated and how I want to be uplifted and how I want my platform to look and how I, 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 like Lenny Williams, right? God said, I am so pleased. I am so impressed, little 12-year-old child that of all the things that you could have asked for, since you didn't ask for anything selfish, he said, yes, I will give you. No, I'm sorry, he didn't say I will give you. He said, I have given you, okay? That's an important distinction. He said, boom, you got it. Not you're gonna get it. He said, I have given you a wise and understanding heart such that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any arise after you. So not only did I give you what you asked for, I gave it to you in abundance because it was not about you, but it was about the people. And then I gave you what you didn't ask for, which is riches and honor. Think about this. When you're talking about shifting your priorities, can you make that shift away from desiring things that are primarily going to uplift you personally? And we've spent a lot of time this season in the podcast talking about ego. Ego, oh my gosh. You remember that commercial, let go my ego? Let go your ego. Because usually, many of our requests are wrapped up in what we want to look like in front of other people. If your request, if your prayers are wrapped up in what you want to look like in front of other people, that is nothing but ego. That means that you have given those people power to judge, evaluate, and assess your worth. That is ego, and the ego will take you down a dark, dark path. Solomon was all about the people. Can you make that shift? Can you redefine success? Can you put success in terms of what is pleasing to God? Can you make success about putting him first? Can you make success about making time for him? Because you know how we do, right? We get so busy with our business and we so busy being busy that God kind of gets pushed to the back burner. Oh, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to go to church. I ain't got time to serve on that ministry. I ain't got time to volunteer. I ain't got time to go on mission trips. I ain't got time. Okay. But the Bible says, I know what you need. I know what you desire. Can you seek me first? And my kingdom, and I will add all these things to you. In other words, he's making you an offer. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he will add all of those things to you. Unfortunately, what happens is we shuffle up our priorities and we start seeking those things, right? Because I got to eat and I got to sleep and I gotta have some place to, to lay my head and, and and cover up my kids and all these other types of things. And God is like, I know that. I am well aware of that could you prioritize me? And I will make sure that you have that. Shift your priorities. Can you make time for him? Just like Kendrick Lamar says, if God got us, we gonna be all right. Guess what, y'all? I'm only halfway finished. I told you, this was a meaty podcast. That It was a doozy. And the second half of this is about something that is going to be challenging for most of us. Because the third component to getting what you really want out of life is all about surrender. But I cannot give surrender short shrift. So I'm going to put a pin there and we're going to finish this next week. That's how we're going to end our podcast season. How to get what you really want out of life. But I do want you guys to go back and really evaluate those first two things that I said. The first one is clarify the goal. What is it that you really want out of life? And why is it that you believe that these external validators are the way to get that thing. And I'm not saying this to say, so please don't uh, misquote me. I'm not saying stay in debt. No, because the Bible says that the debtor is a slave to the lender. Okay, so if you owe money, that is a form of slavery. So I'm absolutely not saying that. Go out there and pursue financial freedom. But freedom is not the same as security. Let me repeat that. Freedom is not the same as security, because ultimately, God is who provides security. The Bible says, apart from him, we can do nothing. And so the fact that if you turn on your local news and you see people that were riding the subway train or people that were on the same expressway that you drive on every single day, where some of those people got killed or hurt or that there was some sort of violence that took their lives away, Let me tell you something. It is only by the grace of God that that did not happen to you. God provides the security. Your money does not do that. You could have a 800 credit score and $50,000 in the bank, and that will not prevent you from being the person on the subway that gets taken out. So please, let's not equate freedom with security And let's make sure we understand who provides what and where those things come from. So yes, get out of debt, but no, don't put your hope and your faith and your trust in your money thinking that that's what's going to keep you secure because security is more encompassing than just being able to go on vacation when you want to go on vacation. The second thing that I said is refocus or reshift your priorities. Think about what it is that you are asking God for and how much of what you're asking for is contingent or dependent upon how you want other people to see you, to evaluate you, or how much of what you're doing is chasing things that God has already said, I will give you if you could just make me first. And so think about how often we are tired and exhausted and taking on extra clients when we really don't want to take on extra clients or working extra hours when we really don't want to work extra hours because you're trying to figure out, well, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? And God is saying, hello, hey, 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 hey. I know that you need all of those things. So if you can just shift your priorities and put me first, I'll make sure that you have them. But see, tangibly, this is where the faith piece comes in. That doesn't make sense to us. We have been so wired, hardwired to go paper chasing and making sure that we are, quote unquote, self-sufficient. But I'm telling you, God is saying, can you flip that, okay? Can you, can you reverse that, that thinking and shift the focus onto me and trust that I'm going to make you successful? Can you trust that if you desire me, if you make me the definition of success, if you make pleasing me your ultimate goal, then trust and believe I am going to come through and deliver everything that I have promised and some things that you did not ask for. Let me tell you something. Solomon was a king's child. David wasn't broke. Okay, he wasn't ray right, ray right from the low end. Solomon was already a king's child. So he had already had a privileged existence. And so if he was putting his trust in money, he could have said, ooh, you know, I'm kind of young. I want to make sure that we keep this party going. So let's, let's make sure that I got abundance and riches in the long term. But no, that's not where his focus was. When we shift our focus, God said, even though you're already in a privileged environment, and let me tell y'all something, even though you are already in a privileged environment, please don't think for one second that you are not privileged. Please don't think for one second that you are not blessed. And if you don't think you are, leave the United States. So for my listeners in the United States, leave this country, go on mission and come back. And I promise you, you will be singing a new tune. So you are already privileged. You are already blessed. And so was Solomon. But God said, even though you're already in that position, I'm going to bless you exceedingly and abundantly above any riches that you would have already had as a result of being a king's child. And so let's put that in perspective. God does not play favorites. You, my listener right now, if you are a believer in Christ, you are a what? A king's child. Solomon was King David's child. You are a child of the king. You are a child of God. So you already have an inheritance. You are already blessed. You are already in abundance. And so shift your priorities and stop asking for things that you already have and that God has already made provision for. If you shift your focus, watch God bless you exceedingly and abundantly above what you are already blessed because you made your priority serving him and pleasing him rather than chasing things that he already has made provision for. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm so fired up about this finale about this particular focus, because I want you guys to have what you really truly desire. But I also want you guys to be very clear on what that is and why it is so that you guys can make sure that you are aligning your wants and your desires with what God wants for you. I don't want you and God to be at odds. I don't want you guys to be playing a tug of war. And so next week when we talk about surrender, so go ahead and pray about it in advance, like, oh Lord, prepare my heart for this message because I know what I want to do and I know the direction I want to go, but can you surrender? So that's what we're going to pick it up for next week. We got a couple of other things to talk about, but trust me, you don't want to miss it. If you got takeaways, shout outs, you know you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I cannot wait for our finale next week where I will be sharing how you can hook up with me over this summer and some ways that we can stay connected during our short recess as we move into season four. I'll see you next time.